Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Stocks have been choppy as of late, but the Dow theory is clearly still bullish and buying the dips here, probably not a bad idea. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gaines. All right, let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gaines podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. It's been well over a month now since the Dow theory has turned bullish. The markets have kind of been all over the place. You know, now that the Dow theory is bullish, whenever we see a pullback, you can comfortably buy into these pullbacks. And and that's where I wanted to start today. Uh, just get your thoughts on where we've been and where we're going. Yeah, I think at the time when the, the Dow theory turned bullish, we had a conversation. And I, I think at that time said, listen, it's not unusual for the market to have a pullback shortly after you have these bull market confirmations. And the reason for that is it takes a lot of energy for a market to eclipse previous significant high points. And once it does that, it's kind of like the, the marathon runner that crosses the finish line. <laughs> he or she needs a rest. And so it's not unusual that we're seeing a, a bit of a uneven choppy, uh, one might even say a bit of a pullback in the market. Uh, I'm not seeing anything unusual in that pullback. Uh, typically, pullbacks within meaningful pullbacks and I, I don't i'm not even sure we're at that stage yet it's been more kind of choppy but a meaningful pullback typically will last anywhere from about three weeks months so they're not unusual you you raise a good point the the benefit of a bull market signal under the dow theory is that you can buy those pullbacks with confidence that they're pullbacks within a within a bull market as i said so you know, you can buy the dips, basically, and it should turn out okay for you. Um, and the market is going to give you those opportunities, so you need to take advantage of them. And then when we talked, we we, we said we cleared the decks on levels. How far do things need to go here and, and, and gel out before we can even establish those top levels? What are you looking for there, Chuck? Yeah, I think you need—the element here is time. You need time, and you need— um, some upward levels that that the market probably hasn't hit yet, and and you need time on the downside too. I mean, you know, keep in mind we've we had the I think it was what July 18th I think 
is when we had the bull market confirmation. We had a pretty good rip in the market immediately after that, and then we've had kind of this this bit of malaise. I, I, I'm not sure because we haven't had a what I would deem a significant pullback. I think we're still working on those higher levels, those points to the upside. I don't think they've been established yet, or I'm not prepared to say they've been established yet. So right, because uh, things haven't really moved very much at all. I mean, it's it really hasn't. You mentioned it. It took off a little bit after the initial uh, turn of the Dow theory to bullish, but it's been pretty choppy and and just kind of uh, holding its ground. So I'm there with you. We haven't really seen anything significant up or down since the the shift in the call. Right. And, and, you know, well, eventually the market will produce something and, you know, we'll take our cues from that from a Dow theory perspective. But my, my guess is that, this choppy trading, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into, and I'm, I'm not a huge seasonal guy where the markets tend to have these seasonal tendencies, but, but, you know, we are into August, late August, we get into September. That's not always been the greatest month for the market. October is not a great month in the market. So we're, we're kind of in a, a little bit of a seasonal period. And we're also in a, a little bit of a, uh, a, a, a news gap. We're pretty much through corporate profits. Yes, there will be some earnings coming out here over the next few weeks, but I think the biggest the biggest announcements are behind us. So we're in a little bit of a news vacuum here, and so the markets tend to be kind of choppy in those periods. I, again, I don't regard anything that's happening here as being unusual, something that is negating the bull market signal. It's just it's kind of the the way markets behave especially after you get you, you've surpassed those previous milestones. So, um, you know, I, I, the one thing, you know, investors, again, it's you kind of lose interest and you're probably going to see trading volumes. They've already started to dry up a little bit here as we get into late summer, uh, late summer. Um, and investors tend to kind of get a little complacent here, but there's going to be opportunities here and, and, and probably on a stock by stock basis. And, uh, you know, just be ready and take advantage of them. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, being able to see those dips and confidently buy the pullbacks is great at these points. And I'm actually hoping the market gets, uh, you know, pulls back a little bit so we can take advantage of that. Right now, since since it has turned bullish, what usually comes out running uh, ahead of other parts of the market? I know that you should probably, we, we've even talked about it, you know, you should probably get a really balanced approach when you're coming back into the market. But generally, what kind of sectors do you see lead after you have a turn like this? Well, you've seen and you've seen some of this, um, you know, the, the, the sectors, the areas that have been kind of pulled back the sharpest here have been the, air, the, the, the sectors like tech, for example, which really kind of stormed higher for the first half of the year. So you're seeing kind of a a rotation in the market where, you know, for example, up until today, you know, the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is kind of representative of industrials manufacturing. Yes, there's some tech in there, but it is more a industrial slash kind of value slash kind of dividend type index had really been been performing quite well relative to uh, some of the tech sectors and the S&P 500. So. You know, I think you're going to continue to see that broadening out. I, I I think there could be a little bit more weakness in some of the tech stocks, especially those that had really raced higher. 
Uh, I mean, you know, some of those stocks, Andy, as you you know, we've talked about, you know, they were up 50, 100, 150% so far this year. So, you know, to give back 20% is, is not – is really not asking much, and, and you've seen a number of them give back, you know, 8 to 10 to 12% already, so there's probably a little bit more on the downside. And by the way, that's, that's an area where investors should kind of be on the lookout. And, you know, a stock like uh, Broadcom, for example, uh, a stock we like, semiconductor stock that's also getting into software, you know, that stock's had a pretty good pullback here, probably around 10 to 15%, uh, pays a dividend, a yield of over 2%. You know, those are the sorts of stocks I think investors should be looking at and possibly pouncing on here if we see further weakness. The likes of NVIDIA and Adobe and Apple, if they've been on your list and you've been on the sidelines, picking them up uh, you know, when you have a little bit of a pullback, knowing that the broader market's probably going to hold together is not a bad move. No, it isn't. And, and the thing about those stocks, too, is they, you know, they pull back. Their pullbacks can be very abrupt, but they can also be fairly short. I mean, you know, in a span of, you know, two weeks, you can see a stock like NVIDIA drop 20%. Um, so, you know, that's why you need to, you know, first, you need to have kind of a watch list of those stocks. I mean, if, if you're not kind of prepared to buy, you're probably not going to buy. And so part of that preparation is to develop kind of that watch list of stocks that, that you want to buy and, and, and watch them, and if they pull back to levels that make sense for you, go ahead and buy them. But you, if you leave that to chance and you're not prepared, it's it's probably not going to happen. I, I'm just curious, Chuck, what has been on your shopping list? Um, you know, there's a lot of companies that might have seemed a little expensive, and if you see a pullback, you might jump on it. I mean, just give me a couple ideas. What which, Where's your head at? Well, I think, you know, again, going, going to tech, I kind of like – uh, as I mentioned, I kind of like Broadcom, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a an oldie but but goodie that's pulled back is, you know, if you're talking about blue chip tech, I mean, Microsoft's had a pretty good pullback. And, um, you know, that's the type of stock that, you know, you can buy buy it and feel comfortable holding holding it for a long, long period of time. Um, I like Adobe, you mentioned in the tech space. I think that's a stock. And I'll throw one more name out. That's Salesforce also in the in the tech space, in the industrial space, uh, some stocks that are worth taking a look at that, are, that have pulled back. Uh, a stock like Borg Warner, uh, which is in the auto parts area, that's really building into a, a provider of, of parts and transmissions and engines and motors for the EV market, for example, has had a bit of a pullback. And that's a stock that looks pretty good. Another industrial stock is W.W. W. Granger, uh, again, high-quality, good industrial stock that's pulled back. Uh, and then if you're looking kind of in the small-cap space, which I know small and mid-caps are kind of, you know, popular on your show, some stocks that, that are worth looking at are uh, Achelis, A-C-L-S, which is a semiconductor company, a semiconductor manu- equipment manufacturer. Uh, I would look at uh, another stock that I like quite a bit is Clean Harbors, CLH. Uh, it's in the kind of the, the uh, and, uh, pollution control area. Um, that's a good uh, stock in that sector. And then finally, Jabel, JBL, is in. It's an electronics kind of uh, fabricator. So they, they make product for electronics companies. 
And uh, I like that stock a lot. And, and if tech continues to pull back, that's a stock that you'll probably get an opportunity in. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Chuck. I'm going to ask him about energy prices next. But hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. Totally appreciate the solid there. And subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com. We're seeing gas prices moving higher. I would love to get your thoughts on the energy sector. Anything in that space you like? Yeah, one stock that's 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 kind of sneakily traded higher and it, it performs very well in our Quadrix stock rating system, and it's one that I've kind of been been more and more intrigued with, and that's Phillips. Symbol is PSX. It's a refiner. They also have some uh, midstream uh, uh, business. Uh, the stock recently went to a new 52-week high, kind of flying under the radar. Uh, strong fundamentals, uh, good dividend yield. And that's one that if somebody's looking to beef up their energy exposure, which I don't have a problem with, I, I would get nuts. But if you want to beef up your energy exposure, Phillips uh, PSX, the symbol, looks pretty interesting to me right now. We talk about the market, look at it from a technical standpoint in a lot of ways. We watch those Dow theory levels. Um, we, we, we chart the market. But on the economic front, and this is beyond just the stock market, you know, there's been all this talk about recession in the wings. Where are you on the recession uh, front? Uh, are, are you, do you think, are you soft, are you team soft landing? Or are you still concerned later on down the road? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, and I've mentioned this before, I take my cues on the economy from what one of the best indicators out there for future economic activity, and that's the Dow Jones transportation average. So, you know, the Dow Jones transportation average, uh, up until kind of the recent pullback, recent sloppiness, had done very well this year. And it, too, went to what we felt was a significant high, which was needed to confirm the, bull, the new bull market trend. So, you know, and until I see, you know, a significant breakdown in the Dow Jones transportation average, which I'm not seeing at this point, I have to believe that the the, the recession, the long-awaited recession, is is going to continue to be long-awaited. Uh, you know that 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 doesn't mean that the economy may not you know continue to grow at a at a fast clip or at its clip. You might see a slowdown in growth, but at this point, you know I'm not seeing a, a recession in in the U.S. Now, what's happening though, Andy is. You know, more recently, uh, today, for example, you know, it's it's not so much a recession in the United States the market seems to be worried about right now. It's more a recession in China yeah. and, 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 and the economy in China. And, you know, that is something that probably a lot of folks hadn't anticipated. There was a lot of a lot of possibilities surrounding 
China and its economy, especially as it came out of its COVID shell. And that rebirth has really been kind of stalled. And so that, you know, if there's an economy right now that probably will weigh on the market, at least in the short term, it's it's going to be China, interestingly enough. So but on the U.S. front, yeah, my team soft landing, I suppose I suppose I am since I don't expect right now a recession to occur. Um, but, you know, watch watch China. That's that's the one that's probably going to have the most impact on the market again in the short term basis. And, you know, you mentioned the transports being the ultimate leading indicator. I just want you to touch on that real quick. Explain to, you know, especially if you've listened to the Gaines podcast, we've talked about it before, but for those who are kind of new to the podcast, explain why we put so much uh, effort looking at the transports and, and, and having it kind of give us an idea of where things are headed. Uh, there, there's a reason why it is a leading indicator. Explain, Chuck. Yeah, you know, the, the transportation-related stocks are affected by so many different things in the economy, so many factors. You've got labor, you've got wages, you've got international demand, uh, you've got domestic demand, you've got consumer demand reflected in transports. You know, after all, it's the transports, you know, are the railroads, the truckers, the airlines, the, the shippers. I mean, these are things that move people. They move products. Um, you know, they're tied to leisure. They're tied to so many aspects of the economy, and they're also influenced by so many economic factors, such as fuel, energy, um, you know, wages directly uh, related. So, you know, it is, in my mind, the best indicator for giving you the breadth of the economy that's out there and the strength of that economy on so many different levels. And, and thus, if, in fact, you see the Dow Jones transportation average really breaking down, you know, to me, that's a, a forecasting that the, the overall economy is, is in trouble, and, and that'll probably show up, you know, three to six months down the road. On the other hand, if you have a Dow Jones transportation average that is, you know, moving to significant higher levels, that, that's not the type of action that you tend to see prior to an economy going into a recession. So, you know, the transports are important because transportation-related stocks, again, whether it's railroads or truckers or airlines or, or ocean shippers um, or, or companies like, you know, FedEx and UPS, you know, they're so sensitive to a host of economic factors that, you know, as long as they are okay, I feel pretty good about the overall economy. And then sentiment, uh, as far as investors go, what are you hearing from your clients, I mean, especially over, like, say, the, the six months leading up to kind of this change in the Dow theory and then what you've heard the last, you know, month? Where, where do you feel, uh, you know, investor sentiment is, especially among your clients? Yeah, I don't, I don't get the sense from my clients that, you know, they're overly ebullient about the market right now. And I don't get that sense overall. One of the things we look at, Andy, to try to determine um, sentiments is, and I think I've talked about this on your show before, but it's an excellent indicator. We call it the intermediate potential risk indicator. And what it does, it, it looks at the percentage of stocks on the New York Stock Exchange that are trading above their 200-day moving average. And that's, that's a lot of mumbo-jumbo for saying, listen, you know, I'm kind of a believer in, in, in reversion to the mean. And reversion to the mean says that, you know, occasionally you will get these 
outlier developments, whether, you know, think, think weather, for example, and whether you've got hurricanes and you've got tornadoes and you have these outlier events. But at the end of the day, the weather will revert back to kind of an equilibrium level, a golden mean, if you will. Think human emotions. You know, we, we live our lives kind of around this golden mean, this average. Um, but there are periods when our emotions spike, whether it's deaths or births or job losses or whatever. Well, stock prices, you know, I think have some behavioral aspects to them, like reversion to the mean, where we will see these periods where stocks really just get aggressively oversold or overbought, but eventually converge back to kind of a, an equilibrium level. Well, a stock's equilibrium level, in my mind, is looking at a stock's 200-day moving average. And the 200-day moving average, as the name implies, takes 200 trading days, take the average of that, and that's a point on the line. To get the next point, you drop a day, add a day, take the average. So I know there's a long-winded way of saying a stock's equal, a 200-day equilibrium, 200-day uh, price range represents a reasonable equilibrium. So if you believe in that and you believe in reversion to the mean, if you have lots and lots and lots of stock trading above this 200-day moving average, and I'll quantify what lots and lots means, you would expect at some point for those stocks to migrate downward toward their equilibrium level. In other words, lots and lots of stocks trading above their 200-day moving average means sentiment is very high and stocks are very popular and thus probably over, overvalued. On the, on the flip side, if you have lots and lots of stocks that are trading under their 200-day moving average, stocks are out of favor and probably offering decent value. Right now, we're about 50-50. So the, to, to, the sentiment isn't necessarily really, really bullish, and it's not necessarily really, really bearish. Um, so to me, that indicates that, – and that, that has a – that's about the feel that I have for our clients as well. There's, they're not necessarily really bearish and are not necessarily really bullish. And by the way, you can make money in markets like that where they're, they're kind of dull markets. I, you know, there's that old saying, you, know, you never sell a dull market short. And there's a reason for that, because you can make money in dull markets. And we're kind of entering a little bit of a dull period here, quite frankly. And I think ultimately that's going to be good for stocks. And then as far as emotions go, that's an important thing. I, I You know, being a bit of a contrarian, I like it when generally sentiment is flat. I, I don't like it when people get overexcited, because that's, that's always a bit of a warning sign. But if sentiment's flat... Or even a little negative. I like that. And we always talk about climbing a wall of worry. Um, and like you just said, never uh, sell a, a, a dull market. I think these are all kind of valuable takeaways of taking your emotion out of it. And then that's why we did follow the, the, the Dow theory. And now... Like we said, if there's going to be a pullback, I mean, even if it gets roughed up a little bit, going in, holding our nose and buying. That, by using some of these systems, you take a bit of the emotion out of, uh, you know, out of the picture, and that that's, can be a very good thing. Oh, it is. I mean, a disciplined investment approach, even if it's a bad disciplined approach, is better than none, none at all. And, you know, because, you know, what you do with a, a process – and a disciplined use of that process is exactly what you said. You, you strip emotion out of it. Because if you invest based on emotions, you're always going to be getting out at the bottom. <laughs> out at the bottom and, and buying the top. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's just you're going to do that. 
because we all love to, you know, be part of a herd and, and, um, and you're going to get, you're going to get scared. And, and that's what market pullbacks are meant to do. They're, they're, I mean, their purpose is to remove the froth that builds up during kind of bull market runs. And so, you know, bull market declines are meant to be scary. They're meant to be violent. Fortunately, they're also short-lived. And, but, you know, that, they really pang on those human emotions. And if you let the human emotions get the best of you, um, you're not going to be successful. And, and, you know, by the way, you know, Morningstar – the mutual fund entity does uh, reports every year and they'll show performance of these mutual funds that, you know, these hot mutual funds that show these big gains in a year, but then they do an analysis and show exactly what did investors in those funds, what kind of returns did they achieve? And it's always amazing to me because the returns they achieved are nowhere near the returns that the fund had because, most of the investors getting into the fund get into the fund long after it's already been up dramatically. And so, you know, again, human emotions. And likewise, they sell the fund out, um, you know, close to a bottom. So uh, human emotions, and it's been well documented in the research. I mean, they'll, they'll kill an investment program. So try to have a disciplined process for, for doing what you're doing in the stock market. And then we've covered a lot of ground, but as we wrap up our conversation or discussion today chuck what's the takeaway i think the takeaway is there's nothing going on in the market right now that is unusual from the standpoint of a, a market going bullish and then seeing choppy action in fact i kind of thought this would be the case i kind of alluded to that when we we talked about when the trend changed and you know it's up to investors now to be prepared and to take advantage of these declines that occur because again they are declines within a bull market and they should be fairly short-lived and they should be offering pretty good opportunities for you. Big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. He's also publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com. You got to check that out. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.